Hey guys, welcome to the Big Blue United Podcast. My name is TJ. I'm here with my friends Dan and Colin. Guys, how are we feeling tonight? Going to do a little draft preview, go over a couple more free agent signings. Um, but what else is going on in the world this week? The world of Colin, the world of Dan. Um, Dan goes first. Uh, That's how boring uh, your life week, is, Colin. New, uh, no. A new week, a new uh, global bank is on the verge of collapsing. So that's that's cool. Got that going for us. Uh, oh, which one is it? This there was time? the Trump rally. Oh, Deutsche Bank is is rumored to be. Isn't it funny how the stock the market stage. is just like nothing's happening? And all is like oh, financial yeah. collapse. It's insane. Ending. <laughs> it's insane. It's going to go down as soon as I decide to buy buy anything. The day I buy something, it'll crash. I guarantee. Or like yeah. five minutes afterwards. Well, so. just let us let me know when you're going to buy something before. Yeah, well, uh, I'll keep everybody informed on my other podcast. Yeah. How to lose all your money in the stock market. Wu Tang Financial. Come. Wu Tang Financial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Diverse it's uh, more advice. like how to do uh, very boring dad trades. That's good. That's probably the, the opposite the of Wall Street bets. Yeah. 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 Um, um, I'm okay. I'm tired. Same. Yeah, did, did, Long a, weekend. did a little. I, I would have gone to the uh, to the event uh, at, at Teddy's this weekend, but I, I did a little Pocono trip. Had had a a, a paintball weekend with with, uh, with the boys, and uh, it rained. It uh, pissed all over yeah. us, and it was it was it actually ended up all right. Uh, usually, that's catastrophe waiting to happen, but it was it was fine. You know, we were prepared. It was fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we had Teddy's. We had the thirty fifth anniversary of Brooklyn Lager. And it was just mayhem. Smoothly run mayhem, I would say. <laughs> Professionally. Because, because nothing bad happened. But as I was, I was mentioning to the, to, to the YouTube guys before the podcast, because they were giving out free food, there were all these very interesting people coming by and like putting... I saw one woman put an entire pizza into her bag. Um, That's awesome. They were just, you know, it was, it was, it was ravenous, but everyone was, was very respectful. And I had no, no problems at all, which is... All you can ask for when you are giving Respectfully things away for free to the general yeah. public. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you did you have any like like guests or anything like that? Uh, like like any? Oh, um, name people. Uh, the Brooklyn Borough President came. Antonio oh. something. I forget his last name. Our our local council councilman Lincoln Russler was there too. Nice. And then you know the uh, all the all the big wigs in the Brooklyn Brewery were there, obviously. It was a fun party. It was a good time. A lot of uh, old timers there too from back in the day. So that, that cool. it, it was just a nice little uh, get together, and you know, no one got, no one puked in the floor. So that's all you can ask for, man. <laughs> they and, did it outside. Hopefully, man. Well, anyway, um, guys, as usual, please follow Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You follow us, BBU Pod Boys of the Z on Twitter. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code TPPN when you sign up. And our sponsor this week is again Nevin Eyewear who um, make really great, awesome, and affordable sunglasses. You can check them out at nevineyewear.com. A um, bunch of great things come in a bunch of huge number of shapes and styles. Um, when you guys buy them, use promo code BIGBLUE for 50% off a pair of sunglasses. It's promo code BIGBLUE at nevineyewear.com. Nevin is N-E-V-E-N, eyewear.com. Check it out! Uh, I, I do have to add, just because it was interesting tonight, um... I, I I saw uh, two guys almost get into a fight, a fist fight at the gym. That was nice. uh, 
that was always good. And it was just like a screaming match for every bit of 10 minutes towards the elevators. So like everybody in the gym had like turned around. It was like, what's going on over there? And it was just like people holding each other back. It was like, what, what, what could have possibly led to that, that happening in the first place? Steroids? Stole his bench. Meathead stuff. You know what that reminds yeah, me of? Something like that. But they weren't even working out. They were on their way out. There was someone coming in, someone going out. Like, I don't know. Stupid. That reminds me. Have you guys like opened your, your Twitter feed recently? Yes. Because every time I open it up on like the, the for you feed, it's just like the most insane stuff I've ever seen. It's just there's there's fights. There's like uh, like just openly like racist, like uh, staged Twitter events. Hellhole now. It is insanity. It. It's, it's funny. pure garbage. Maybe I, I like, I don't know. Maybe I set mine up in a way where I, I, I don't really see any of that stuff. It's so much sports that it that it clouds out everything else that's going that's on. That's what I've so been trying have... to do. But every time I go on, I end up having to like mute two or three political accounts, and it's mm. always like right wing stuff too. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's just I don't know. I don't understand why like. It, it, it should be more customizable as opposed to like basically just whoever pays the most money to Elon with their blue check mark gets to shove their tweet in your face, whether yeah. you want to see it or not. Yeah. That's the plan. It's apparently Fight Heaven is uh, apparently paying him the most money because I just see bum fights and Dude, street fights. And... Fight Heaven is on my feed constantly. That's I've never seen like it. looked at one. <laughs> never seen it. I mean, you know, I won't lie that sometimes a good fight video can be entertaining. So I don't hate it but you know it is it is lowbrow but whatever well i mean i mean i watch it every time yeah (laughs) there you go i I get that from uh abrupt chaos on reddit that's that uh special oh yeah it's a good one it's a good one reddit is a actually i used to say the same thing about reddit but now it's better than twitter somehow some way yeah uh anyway let's get into um a couple free agency signings that we didn't get to mention last week because they hadn't happened yet number one probably being jameson crowder Wide receiver, last on Buffalo one year, $1.4 million. Um, my question to you guys here is now our wide receiver room basically has Crowder, Jeff Smith, Paris Campbell, Sterling Shepard, Wandale Robinson, and Darius Slayton to some degree. So you have six guys essentially with very similar skill sets. Um, what is the purpose of signing this many similar type of players in your opinion? Um, well, I, I, I think uh, I jokingly – said it to you guys in, in our text thread, but I think it's probably not too far off from being an actuality of a, of a reasoning. But um, because we, we blow through injuries so quickly, I think it's just plug and play at this point. Someone's going to go down, so put someone else in. And I think uh, it also plays into a mentality that I would imagine Dable wants to cultivate that is just competition at every position. So... Why not get a, a bunch of guys that are very similar fighting it out and whoever's the best wins? So I, I, I dig that because it's it's not a complacency type thing. It's a, no, come here. We'll give you a deal. It'll be a, a, a show me, prove it deal. And uh, let's see if you stick around. Yeah. Uh, to me, it, it underscores there's like a definite type of wide receiver that I think they either A, like or feel is a value um, for what they can get. Um, in like the undersized, quick sort of slot, typical wide receiver. Um, that's maybe why we took Wandell instead of George Pickens. Um, but in my theory, as I told you guys as well, it's if everyone's a slot wide receiver, no one's a slot wide receiver. It's the, 
you're never going to know what any of those guys are going to do. You can't count on them for running jet sweeps and, and, and going to wind up in the slot. They could be anywhere and they're interchangeable. And, um, you know, Jamison Crowder, you know, he's been around forever, but when healthy, he's always been a reliable, um, productive wide receiver. So getting him on a, a cheap deal is, is probably not bad for how sort of cap strapped we are. But I think we're only what 3.6 million under the cap right now. Currently, um, like that. there's no major free agent signings we could do. Um, and it's a minimal, you know, a, a vet minimum contract, right? So yeah, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. There's a couple bonus uh, or escalators in there. Yeah. Would, would you want to put money down that, um, every single wide receiver that's going to be on this roster this upcoming season will take a handoff in the backfield. <laughs> I mean, uh, like barring injury. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't yeah. know if you're going to have Hodge. I don't think, I think Hodgins is the only receiver yeah. you have that isn't like in the same mold as kind of everybody else. Fair. I, I don't funny. think they'll give Sterling Shepard a handoff. No, I guess not. They, you know He's what? too they old might. for that. They might. You never know. I mean, Crowder's going to be 30. He might be too old for that, too. He also Mm. is coming off an injury. He only played four games last year. But um, I do like the Crowder signing just because he's a Duke guy. And him and uh, Jones have worked out together in the offseason. So, at least there's some familiarity there. Also, speaking of Duke familiarity with some of the Bills' offensive concepts that the Giants have brought over. Or Dable has brought over to the Giants, I should say. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, low cap number. If he sticks, he sticks. He doesn't, he doesn't. Not going to hurt you if you caught him in training camp. It's true. Big deal. Um, next signing would be cornerback. Um, um, okay. I looked this up, how to pronounce this. So I'm going to do it right. Okay. Amani Oruarie. Oh, that is right. That's totally right. That has to be. And Colin, Colin came up with a better nickname, which I think we should go forward because I can't have this pronunciation written down on my uh, notes every week. Well, it's, is, uh, it's, of, it's of course a, a, a nod to a former great of the New York Giants. Go ahead. You, you can say it, TJ. You love it more than, than I do. Oh, I thought it was really funny. Uh, well-dressed Imani Unpronounceable. <laughs> and that'll be the name moving forward. It reminds um, me of the office space joke. Samir, not in a Yeah. Samir, not going to work here anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, coming over for the Lions in a one-year, $1.35 million contract. Obviously, the Giants need some cornerback help. Um, he started 36 games for the Lions over four seasons, had six picks in 2021, but had some serious regression last season. Um, I know I sent you guys the PFF grades. It was around the low 30s. Um, best category being a pass rusher. So I don't know, maybe um, does he sit more in a situational role or a backup role? You really think that the Giants are going to rely on him to start? He does have, you know, good size and he is only 27 years old. Do you think Wink can utilize him as a starter? Or you think he's going to be more of like a blitz package, second to string kind of guy? I mean, with the size that he has, 6'2", almost 210 pounds, I mean, maybe they, they look at him as possibly getting some uh, some safety looks here and there. Mm-hmm. Um I know they probably think too, just based on their, uh, like I've mentioned before, their, uh, how do you put it? Uh, you know, they, they they feel like they can coach up anybody. So even if he had a regressive year, uh, they see the skill set that he has and shown in the past, and they feel like they can bring it back. So why not uh, take a flyer out and not pay him too much and see if they can get him back to his uh, 2021 status? Yeah, I think uh, there's the measurables there, the size that Wink seems to like, you know, sort of like a Cordell Flott kind of build. Um, uh, 
and yeah, I think he's more of a project. We need depth and it's upside, right? He had a really productive season in, in 2021. This season, 2022 was atrocious. Um, Again, like like signing guys with upside that are cheap. So uh, that seems to be the name of the game. Position, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, obviously being benched on what was one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL is concerning. But like you guys said, I think Colin made the best point is that you know they think they can coach up anybody and the size is there. So, um, again, another guy that is not on a deal. It's a veteran minimum deal. Um, I think it's only like 1.1 with like uh, some incentives. So, I mean, big deal. Um, the only really other signing of note to mention is the Bobby McCain uh, safety from the commanders. I wasn't really able to find any info on his deal. All I can say is it's a one or two year deal. I don't know about the money, but presumably after Julian Love walks, uh, McCain comes in to step in place for to compete for that spot. I don't think he'll necessarily get it, but overall, I, I think it's a good addition. He's a, he's a vet. He's been in the league nine years. He started 87 games in this career. So, I mean, while you do have, you know, Dane Belton, who's a younger guy, I think, you know, McCain comes in and, and is a good backup or pushes, you know, possibly to be the starter. Um, I don't know if you what guys have anything that? to say about him. I have nothing to say. I have a question. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't feel I, – were you going to talk about Tommy Sweeney, Dan? Yeah, I was going to bring up Sweeney too. But was I that the guy from Duke? Who's him. the guy from Duke? Oh, that was the cornerback, uh, Leonard. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah no. Uh, we talked about I him thought... last week, I guess. Yeah, we yeah, did. Okay. Oh, okay. It's another Duke guy. So weird. But – I mean, the Tommy Sweeney pickup, I think, is very interesting and telling and possibly may may mean we're not going to bother with another tight end in the draft, which opens up a whole lot of other opportunities and other positions. But it was funny. I was talking to my dad about this exact kind of uh, a player. He he felt like, oh, it's good that we have Bellinger and and we picked up Waller, but I can see them totally picking up like a a more like another (laughs) another tackle type uh, tight end. Uh, in the mold of uh, you know Dan Campbell of the '90s, and now knee biting for the Lions, um, he uh, you know it's just like you you he's a little smaller than a, than a tackle, but blocks his his ass off. So I don't know. I think this offense is going to look a lot different this year. Uh, we have had a, a you know a rotating turnstile of of sorts of tight ends coming uh, either getting injured or or you know. The position has been kind of in flux, so I think this is more of a um, solidifying that that room and not worrying about it in the draft. They certainly have a long way to go. Nice. Uh, underwater. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, the thing, only thing I'll say about Sweeney is that he was former Bills tight end. Shane and Bean drafted him in 2019. He's played in a Brian Dable led offense. Um, but yeah, he's a blocker. Yeah. 18 catches for 165 yards in his last four years. So don't expect right. anything flashy. He is going to come in and play fullback or H-back or be a third tight end. Or, you know, I I think there's going to be a lot of tight ends used this year. I will note that he went to Don Bosco Prep right in Ramsey, New Jersey, which Ah. is is a nice coming home. Hometown boy. Um, Also, it just made me start to think about um, draft value and how the draft is deep and there's a lot of tight ends. And one of the coolest ones we talked about at length was Darnell Washington from Georgia, who's Mm – the six foot seven dude that's um, apparently like in his own right, a good offensive tackle, Mm. um, but has like a lot of receiving skills. And like, that sort of was cool to me that we have a deficiency at right tackle right now. But if you put, you know, a a real powerful tight end there, that might mitigate some of the risks Uh, um, there. And even, you know, 
be a, a pitch to, to draft someone like Darnell Washington if well, there's no wide receiver that we can take in the first two. I was um, just about to say, is that even still on the table? I guess so. Could you have four tight ends on this team? Uh, yeah. I mean, you'd probably – yeah, I think four is enough. I don't know if they're going to draft somebody at this point, but I mean, if 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 it's the best player available and it makes sense, I'd say you do it. If you're a smart freakish upside, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you carry four tight ends. They're not going to. I mean, yeah, yeah. I I know that you know the 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 worst case scenario is that Waller gets hurt and then sort of his contract's up and you might move on from him and then you know who if Bellinger. You know, while Bellinger's been a great player, he's had a good rookie year. You don't know if he's going to really be a difference maker or not. And I would probably say no, but he'll be a reliable pass catcher for the Giants. Um, so, I mean, if there's someone that you think can make a big difference for the team, like moving forward in the future, then I think you pull the trigger. But otherwise, eh. I mean, I also think tight end for just for Bellinger's argument. I don't know. We don't have to get in a huge tight end discussion, but I think tight end is one of those positions that takes a little bit of a while to get up to speed at a professional level. Like sure. a lot of mm-hmm. these guys, you know, didn't pop immediately. Travis Kelsey wasn't an immediate contributor until a couple of years into his career. So um sure. Waller as well. Kittle yeah. as well. All, yeah, like, exactly. I mean, you know, well, Waller is playing wide receiver. So he's yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think, I think that's something to keep in mind as well. So. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into tight ends next week, but this week we'll start our draft pe- preview we're going to start with offensive line. Um, we'll do skill positions offense next week, and then we'll split the defense up and then do a mock draft before the actual draft on the 29th. So offensive line, um, big need on the interior, especially at center, presumably at guard. Presumably they're going to be looking for maybe some tackle depth in the later rounds. Um, what rounds do you guys see the Giants You know, getting that center that they so desperately need? Is that going to be something in, in potentially the first round if they trade down perhaps or – early second if they want to trade up or would you wait more to the third or fourth round do you think to uh fill that spot uh, i i hope I mean, it's not the first round yeah i feel like you know center or guard um i don't think there is a, a slam dunk first rounder in this draft based on the you know the cumulative the cum, cum, cumulative cumulative like all the all the information i've read on the draft yeah, um mm-hmm. like last year tyler lindenbaum was you know, a slam dunk center that was definitely a top 20 pick consensus. Um, there's no center or interior offensive lineman. I've heard a lot about Osiris Torrance from Florida being a guy that maybe could be a yeah. first rounder. I've heard a lot Not, of different things on him. I, I mean, heard, it's, yeah, speculation's wild, of course, but yeah, I heard he's sort of one dimensional. He's, he's not very quick. He's just a big, powerful guy in the middle and not very versatile um which to me i I, you know i feel like we're looking for us like a a center slash guard Mm -hmm. um well but i just don't think i don't think anyone pops in the first round um and i think there's just other needs and there are guys that are are way more appropriately you know ranked in the second and third round yeah i mean um to, to tag on to that one i mean there's I think my favorite in the mock drafts that I've come across and I really started to read up on a little bit more is um, uh, Steve Avila from uh, TCU. I think I've mentioned it to yeah. you guys. And it's just pure versatility. He's played a whole bunch of snaps at guard and center. I think both guards and center, which is like, I don't know. I feel like that's a classic Giants dream offensive lineman right there. You can plug him in at center. He's played there more than anywhere else. He's a big dude, but he's... I, I, apparently he's pretty athletic. 
and TCU was was pretty good this year. And I I don't know. I I like I like guys that can play more than just center. Uh, the guys who are just the plug and play, not even plug and play, just center, and that's all that yeah. they have. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. If that great. might be a nature thing for us too, because we just have to rotate people into center for the past yeah. you know, 10 years. We haven't had. Like, well, I mean, center. hell, it, it could be one of those things where, you know, uh, Bradison or, or whatever ends up being the, the new um, Nick Gates in that sense. And then you have Avila uh, play guard until he figures it out. And then maybe the move is to eventually have him take over at center when, when, you know, down the line. So. My favorite thing I have written down for him from his draft profile that I, I was, or one of the draft profiles I was looking at is that he's elite as a pass protector in a phone booth. Ooh. Yeah, baby. What does that mean? Uh, <laughs> just on one-on-one? I guess if they, I guess if you're getting bull rushed and, and no one's trying to spin move you or, or move laterally. I, no, I think that just means in close quarters, right? Like, yeah, well, literally like just the, the next yeah. line does say yeah. Avila's lateral movement skills are only average. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, yeah. So maybe uh, I think that's a backhanded co- uh, compliment because maybe he's able to do a lot in a very little amount of space, but he's also not going to be pulling. Often. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which is why he probably plays center instead of guard. Yeah. I would think. What round do you have him projected in? I, I, I didn't write it down. I have him uh, in the top he, half of the second. Yeah. Uh, half of the second. I think in the top half of the second, um, Joe Titman is probably the better prospect of the two guys in my Only mind because of the mullet well yeah great mullet i also think he might drop to the giants pick in the second round or potentially you know late early in the third round but um i've seen hey, him consistently it, ranked later but actually i think we should caveat this um first off pff just restricted my access to doing the mock drafts which is you know you're going to hear this from from my attorneys but uh <laughs> that's unacceptable um yeah. so in the wake of that i you know, I, I read other, you know, draft perspectives and, and, and rankings, but they are all so wildly different, especially yes. when it comes to offensive yes. linemen, like guys that are, are ranked 10th and one or, you know, two in the next one. And, you know, one has, uh, you know, a Tipman ahead of Luke Weipler and Luke Weipler ahead of Tipman and, you know, and, and even like John Mitchell Schmitz, like, you know, not even in the top 10, it's, it's, it's just, all over the place. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, this is important to kind of spread the spread your uh, research around, not yeah. to be focused on one website. But yeah, I mean, and I think for I, us, I, like, it's a lot of different characteristics, things. right? Like, yeah, we don't watch the tape, and we, we don't know for a fact who's better. So it's like, for me, like, if I hear, you know, this guy's versatile or this guy's quick, versus someone that's just you know really strong, and um, you know, I I opt for those characteristics where you might opt for a different one. So I think well, that's yeah, like because where preference the, comes the in. reason I like Joe Tipman is because he's has a high motor, he's a football player, and he's a locker room guy. Three things that you don't give two shits about, Dan. That's right. That's Make right. Sick. Well, uh, <laughs> if if we're gonna pick anybody based on their name alone, I think you have to go from your your boy from Penn State, Juice Scrub Scrubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah Juice. Yeah, um, Juice that's just I don't know swag. Swag out the ass with him. Um, fifth right. round, fifth round grade. I've been seeing on him too. So, and he he looks like cool. to have some pretty good traits. Yeah. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just five dollars on any pregame money line bet and score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. 
DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN when you sign up. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 in any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Well, we should focus in on positions because I think we're going to get to all these guys, huh? No, probably not. We, we want to talk right. guards? Well, I don't know. We started talking about who could go in the first round and now we're... <laughs> oh, we're just we're I think we okay. kind of transitioned to center already, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, we well we talked about uh Steve Avalia, we mentioned Joe Titman. Um who else could be around there? Luke Weipler maybe is another yeah. guy the Giants should look for at the end yeah. of the second round if they if they do opt to pick someone that high. I think I'll just let uh, you know that uh if you don't look at PFF, uh they have uh this Michigan guy, another yeah. two names that are really tough to pronounce. Oluskun Aluwatami. Oh, and, Michigan, yeah. Uh, he's ranked like second on Walter Football and three on ESPN. Hmm. Um, and uh, who? where's the other one? Um, well, Ricky Stromberg has been floated around. Ricky Stromberg is in the top 10 on these. And in a PFF, he's like buried. Um, yeah, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to, to say what, I guess, what are your guys? What do you think our consensus center position guys are? First choice uh, would be. Well, I, it, it all depends on on the round. I mean, where when they're yeah. aiming for it. Um, I don't I, think I, any of us want in the first round. No, second round. I have no problem taking one there, and I you, I threw mine. So out say there. we get a wide receiver round one. Yep. And it's our turn, and sort of all the interior offensive linemen are there. Who would you be most excited to land? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with uh, Steve Avila. Yeah, I'd probably go with uh, with Schmitz personally from Minnesota. Yeah, I, I think I'd go Avila with Colin, um, just for the versatility's sake. I don't yeah. think Schmitz Schmitz can't play guard. Um, That's fine with me. I I think they should go for. I think he's the best center in the draft, and I think that um, you know, only letting up two sacks in five seasons. 15 QB hurries, nine QB hits, and two sacks in five seasons. The, the keyword is five seasons. He let yeah, up zero no. sacks. Well, that I mean, whatever. You you. <laughs> what's the difference if he comes in with more more preparation and, a, and another year gone off his belt? I mean, a, like look at what Evan Neal's first year was like. Look at what Andrew Thomas's first year yeah, was like. That's, Were that's, they ready that's to play in the NFL? Absolutely not. It took them a year to get there. Maybe you know. I'm not saying he's there, but you know, anyone in AP first team All American that you can get at the end of the second round is an obvious choice to make in my mind but you know um like like you know we've just been saying the, the rankings are, are, are drastically different Insane. i think you can yeah. like people for a lot of different reasons um i just think that in terms of what his skill set brings as, as a run blocker for the giants is, is more important just because they're going to be a, a run heavy offense or a quick passing offense which Fair. i think you know you don't necessarily need elite mm. pass protection you know at, from a rookie right away in that cool. kind of scheme that they're going to run yeah. I mean, I don't know. Who else do you guys like? Um, if you had to maybe like go down a tier into like a later round, maybe it's yeah. like a um, second round, maybe it's a third or fourth round. Uh, and by that like, time you can kind of move around a little bit, you know, because the, the picks are less of a premium and easier to move around. So well it doesn't necessarily be right where they're picking. I think uh like a Jarrett Patterson, Notre Dame wouldn't be bad later on. I feel like Notre Dame's been putting out good offensive linemen for yeah. years. So that's like a 
that's an easy pick right there. Um, a bit big for that for that position, six five, three oh six. But you can say the same thing about Titman, I guess, as well. Yeah, I yeah. feel like six five is pretty okay. When, when there's, yeah, I think I think when you get to get, like there's guys that are like six eight that are just you can't play on the inside. No. Um, I don't know. I feel like I don't know anything anymore now that I'm looking at all these other drafts, and it's probably true. Um, like ESPN is just throwing me for a real loop here, but the one, the guys that I've seen the past couple months, uh, that I like sort of towards the end of the third or the fourth are uh, the guy Chandler Zavala from NC state, mm. um, another guard slash center guy, um, and Antonio Mafa Mafi from UCLA, uh, who's just like a huge, huge, uh, guard, sort of the principle of is just going to be tough to get around because he takes up space. Yeah, I mean, um, I actually like Patterson too, Colin, just because I think his his best trait is really his athleticism. And when you're going to take a guy in the fifth round, um, if you that's their best that. trait, it's a quality trait to have because you can't teach it. And yeah. I think when you have a coaching staff like we have, or the Giants have, I should say, uh, you kind of take a little bit more risk on, on some of the more athletic guys that, that maybe need a little more work, someone where you can uh, coach up. Um, so maybe you, you go for someone like him in the fifth round rather than um, the guy from Michigan. Olu, Olu, Oluwatimi, mm-hmm. is that how you pronounce it for last yeah. time? Because he's kind of the opposite where he might come in and be able to start right away, but I think his ceiling is like mm-hmm. already kind of low. Or is it high floor, low ceiling? That's what I'm trying to say. That's right. He's got agility. He's got technique. He's got size, but I don't think he has much to offer in the athleticism category. So for me, I go later on with uh, with Patterson if I'm not going to go earlier on with uh, – with one of your uh, Schmitz or your Wiplers or your Tipmans in the second or third round, or uh, Avelia, as you guys liked him as well. I, I, th- I do think either way, it's more likely to go guard or center in the second or third than later. I mean, they might take a flyer on someone later uh, guard position-wise because, you know, you, you have two guards out there at once, so why not go for another one? But center specifically, I, I, yeah, second or third is likely. I'm with you. Should we uh, talk about some guards? Sure. Which is funny. The names aren't as uh, attractive for some reason as if uh, I know it's a deep draft for the guard too, but it's been such a focus on center that it almost feels like these guys are taking a backseat. Yeah. It seems like um, a lot of the same names too. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. They do uh, sometimes just say interior offensive line, but it seems like a lot of the true guards are there's Tackles. only a couple on the top and then the depth is really in the later rounds. Mm. So I, I don't know. I feel like if you have, well, obviously the, the two top guys we talked about is Osiris Torrance, Dan, you, you know, don't like his versatility. We also mentioned Andrew Voorhees. I think bef- was it before the pod where uh, yeah, he's received, he tore, he tore what in the combine? His Achilles. Tore yeah. his Achilles in the combine. That, so, I mean, it. you know, a guy who who would have been great in the third round to come in and start right away at a guard position is, is not a person you're going to mm-hmm. spend a third round pick on if you're the Giants because you need everyone to contribute right away. This is probably more of a guy that you pick when you're already, you know, established team, have a good offensive line. Maybe you take a yeah. shot at him in a later round. Plus, he's got Justin Pugh arms. So, mm-hmm. which is a good sign. I mean, Justin Pugh has been a fine player in this league. So, that's kind of just not even. Not even a thing anymore. Didn't they move him? He was a tackle, but then he got moved to guard. And he had a lot more success. Mm-hmm. Did the Giants move him to guard? Or did the Arizona move him to guard? I think they... 
Oh, is he right tackle? Yeah, then, uh, he was drafted as a right tackle. Yeah. Because that would be funny if if the Giants didn't move him to guard and then they didn't move Eric Flowers. Yeah, <laughs> they had these long careers after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what what's great about Justin Pugh? Not to you know get stuck on the past or anything, but he was um, he's infamous for for making uh, someone who's on this podcast uh, take a hate nap uh, in the middle of the day. It was uh, I forget what year it was, but Colin hated the Justin Pugh pick so much he just fell asleep. <laughs> the hate nap was born which um, i have done but you know since um, did, uh, oh, did, did, did pew but, get signed by anybody uh i don't think so i don't think so, I don't think so either there. interesting i pay hey, what if we end up picking him up i mean i know i uh, yeah. talked about it in a previous pod i thought he got picked up though Let me see. hell I, i'd take him at, as a guard and then just focus in on center in the draft that would be actually kind of awesome these would be too expensive, though, huh? Yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean, now he's not getting signed. He's not. It's going to go down a little bit as time goes on. Well, so maybe there's just like no information. I guess he's still out there or resigned by the Cardinals is the only two things I can gather from that. But anyway, um, later rounds, guys, anyone that's sticking out at you for the guard position, I think that's probably where the Giants go for a guard. So I don't know, maybe in the yeah. fourth, fifth round. Um, yeah, I think. I think, um, well, Dan, where have you seen uh, Emil uh, Ekior going from Alabama on your your drafts? Because I've not seen him much. Yeah, I've, I've seen him in third, fourth. Yeah, that's um, that. I think that would be that would be an okay pickup, especially because Alabama always, you know, they put out linemen, so that wouldn't be yeah. helpful. Um, I feel like I sort of mentioned the ones I was looking at as far as. Uh, uh, Chandler Zavala and and mm-hmm. uh, Antonio Maffi. Um, I'd say in the third, though, um, yeah, I think in the third, I, I would be very interested if he lasts that long. Is tackle slash guard? He's only played tackle, but everyone's talking about moving to guard. Is Cody Motch from North Dakota mm-hmm. State? Mm-hmm. Um, I think people love him as far as an athlete's perspective. Um, and though he played tackle. I think the the straight up plan is to move him to guard. There's no question that I, I don't think he thinks he can play tackle, uh, but he seems like the, a great guy to have on the team. Um, again, versatile, athletic. Um, I, I just I just want offensive linemen that can move quickly. Um, I don't know I don't know why, but I feel like that's that's where the league's going, and those guys are having more success than sort of just squatters in, in the center there. Um, so. Him and another tackle slash guard, perhaps. I don't know. Is Matthew Bergeron definitely going to be a tackle? Because I heard he could go both ways. Well, I mean, let's talk about how how that gets figured out. I mean, like you – these guys look at some of these players as, you know, they're coming into the league as tackles, but maybe their skill set is more – they don't see it translating to the the higher level, so it's like an automatic – kind of thing but i feel like yeah. that's tough to do too i mean i don't know i mean the giants are always going to i think stress players that can do more than just one yeah. job i think yeah. that's 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 apparent so i think just in terms of when we analyze what the giant we think the giants are going to do i think versatility is always you know mm-hmm. brings up a player on 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 our, on our what our draft boards would be hypothetically i think it's a shame that we let go of Nick Gates because I wanted him to be the next, um, 
David Deal in terms of that, you know, Swiss Army knife kind of guy. Uh, and I, I, I'd like to find another one of those players because I don't know that that's the, a perfect example of that long running tradition with the Giants of, of being able to. He played every single position but center, which is insane. And I know that's very rare, but yeah, maybe we'll find something with right. the medical staff. That's why he left. Why else would he have left if, unless they didn't handle his uh, mm-hmm. surgery well? Wait, what? Nick Gates? Oh, oh, yes. Fair. Well, and the money also. I mean, you don't think they would have paid him? I don't, I don't think he got that great of a deal. I guess maybe not, but... I think it was the length of deal. That was the difference there. They were... They, they, Joe Shane has, has proven that he does like to sign guys to short-term deals, which mm-hmm. may or may not be a good thing. I hope they would, you know lock up Dexter Lawrence for a little longer time, just so you, if he's still elite in four years, you don't have to renegotiate again for such a huge contract. Yeah. You probably wouldn't be able to do that at that point, but regardless. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, I do. I do regardless. like, um, regardless. Uh, regardless. I, do like, <laughs> regardless. I know it's not a real word. Um, <laughs> I, I like, I like the guy from Bama too. Eki or Colin. Um, yeah. and, and I, I saw him in the fifth round too. Cause just cause, you know, he's a smart dude and, and he has a lot of the characters as Dan likes to great work ethic, ethic, high mm-hmm. character. And his biggest knock is that he's too small. So, I mean, he can obviously mm-hmm. hit the gym and gain some weight. So if that's really what's knocking you down into the rounds, it's just that, you know, it's your yeah. strength. Perhaps that could be something that can be worked on. Another guy I like from Ole Miss is, uh, Nick broker, mm-hmm. another fifth round guy. Um, another good athlete, in the later round, who is probably a better runner blocker than pass defender. Um, I'm pa- I would always say pass defender, pass blocker. Um, but I think, you know, another guy with natural athleticism that probably can, you know, work on his technique and learn a position that you can, you know, make a premium in a later round. Um, but yeah, I don't really have too many guys at the tackle spot. Um, I don't know. I had Jake Andrews, Zion Nelson, a couple guys, Connor Gavlin from yeah. Baylor. I feel like the tackle spots got, the premium guys at the top, they're going to go yeah. in the first round. Yep. And then everyone else is like, you know, grab bag. The next, the next tier of tackles are all, yeah, they could maybe play tackle, but they definitely be a way better guard. Mm-hmm. And then it's just the long shots in like the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds of, of like guys that I know nothing about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you need to tackle at the top yeah. of the draft this year. You're, you're in luck. Yeah. You're in good shape. Yeah. Then like these rankings are insane. Just yeah. Walter is a hundred percent different than ESPN, and which is a hundred percent different well, than that, PFF. That's why Walter's better because Walter is like, it's just a guy who makes up his own mind. It's not like more of like a less of a groupthink sort of yeah. evaluation in my <laughs> yeah. mind. Well, why the other places kind of start to you know all align with each other, and then the draft happens and no one's right. You'd think just like throw some mud on the wall, see what six, you know, yeah, take a couple chances. It's like when you're filling out your bracket, you know. You got to take some chances. If you look at you know what happened in this tournament, oh, the fi- show you the final four is is absurd looking. I have not one team in the final four. I mean, do you know anybody who does? <laughs> no, I know nobody. No nobody. I mean, my last chance was Gonzaga, and then they got beat. So zags. Um. All right, guys. What what else we have uh, in terms of offensive linemen for the draft, if any? Anyone else you're looking at that maybe we skipped over? You wanted to mention um, any round? Any position there are. Um, you mentioned juice. Yep. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot of guys in the later rounds I take just because I like their names. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like that that defensive end from Louisville, Yaya 
Dibe, who I, I yeah. like, because I think it'd be sick to have a guy named Yaya. I want, I want Bumper Pool in the seventh round. That's what I want. Bumper Pool, of course. Can anyone forget? I had Giants need linebackers, and uh, what better name for a linebacker than Bumper? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. No, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't have much. I, I really don't know anything about him. It's just the blurbs I read on these mock draft sites. Um. So no. Well, I mean, the best part about the draft coming up is like we always try to convince ourselves that we somehow we have a, you know, we're we're learned enough to know what's going to happen. And I know that there's going to be, I don't know, probably oh. three quarters of the players that we draft of not what we were thinking or talking of course about not. at all. Yeah, I think we got one right last year. I think Darian Beavers was the only player we mentioned. We may have mentioned Bellinger as well, but I think Beavers was really the only one I specifically remember. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we said this last year too. It's sort of you know, it's more of a secondhand evaluation than a than you know us being scouts or anything like that. It's more just an amalgamation of you know research and different outlets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and exactly and also that. trying to to get into a mind of a of a Joe Shane and sure, like trying yeah. to figure out what his yeah. tendencies are and and uh, I think we're starting to finally be able to put together a uh, you know the breadcrumbs of of what he. You know, that's actually an interesting thought of, of thinking back or looking back on the uh, Bills drafts of the past and see what his tendencies are. I mean, I know we, this is going to be our second draft with him, but we might even have a little bit of a, a, a window into his mindset just based on what he's done with that team, you know? Get into the mind of a Joe Shane. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the other guy, uh, Alex Forsyth, uh, Oregon oh. Center. Oh, yeah, yep. sure. Is um, he Stone's brother? Can we confirm that? I don't know. Uh, Who's Stone Forsyth? He was, uh, I think he was, I forget who he was picked by, but he was like a late round guy that we had mentioned. And he hmm. ended up like being one of the higher ranked tackles this year. Huh. What team does he play for? He was like a, like a, a quite a rate, late round pick. Oh, well, man, I get bonus coverage if I log into ESPN plus Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Yeah. Uh, anything else tonight, guys? Uh, anything else around the league that's interesting that you've uh, seen? Lamar Jackson still not, doesn't have a team, but I think directly after we uh, finished our podcast last week, uh, I had saw something on TV about the Colts like possibly pursuing him. So, well, did you see what I what I sent you guys right before we jumped on? I, I don't think I looked. What was it? Uh, it was um, so, I think it was Bleacher Report or something that. Robert Kraft came out and said Meek Mill texted him saying that Lamar Jackson wants to play for the Patriots. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. And that would blow. You know, like when I was thinking about this, like if you're the Colts though, and you have the, the fourth pick this year, you don't give that up for Lamar Jackson. Like if you're the Patriots, you're, you're picking later on. Maybe that makes more sense, right? Mm. You would think. I mean, it's kind of out of left field. I don't, I feel like after the Cam Newton uh, experiment, uh, Bill would be the kind of guy to uh, steer clear of quarterbacks like that. I don't know. You don't think that Joe Judge can get the most out of Lamar Jackson, Colin? Oh, he has a new title. Did you see that? No. What is his new title? Oh, it's assistant head coach and special teams right back where he started. So <laughs> he sucks. I don't know. Bill must feel bad for him or something. I don't really get why he has him stick around. Because Bill, if the one thing Bill does is nice is that he realizes that his coaching tree cannot have success without him yeah it's true so he is willing to keep all those guys around it's the same reason he has all those like he loves 
uh, aging veterans. Like he yeah. loves veterans. He'll go out and spend money on old guys because he, he you know, he doesn't have to like deal with with, with the the young guys' crap. I guess is my my evaluation of that. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but I I feel like Bill should do himself a favor and get the hell out of the league already. <laughs> Switch teams at least. Do yeah. Something. Yeah. Whatever. Sick of it. Um, you guys think Odell is get, and, and Aaron Rodgers will end up on the Jets? Oh, oh my that God. would that would be so infuriating. I don't know. I don't know what's worse. Him. I mean, he's not going to the Cowboys anymore. But if it would Cowboys or the Jets, ah, I don't know. I hope not. I really do. Of all the teams, actually, no. I mean, stay out of the NFC East and don't go to the Jets. Basically, is is what I would. That would be my wish list for Odell. <laughs> Unless he's coming out. I mean, look, part of me like really wants like Aaron Rodgers and Odell to go on the Jets and then they just like miss the playoffs. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like no, it doesn't I, work. It just yeah, sucks. It just doesn't work. I yeah. you know, I, I, I thought about this recently and I would root for the Jets if they were in the playoffs. Absolutely. If the Giants were not in the playoffs, I mean obviously there are different different conferences, but you know, you, you can you can root for your city to win win a win a Super Bowl, and if you're not a fan of that team, right? I, I don't hate the Jets. I never have. Uh, I just don't know if we could handle the uh, the obnoxiousness of the Jet fans. That's the number one. It's the fans. It's the fans you don't want to have to listen to. Yeah, yeah. And the radio, the, oh. all Wait, the whole radio is going to be. It's all. Jets. It's already all Jets all the time. Imagine yeah. if they were good. And then for some reason, every time they're good, they have to somehow start talking about how like. They're no longer overshadowed by the Giants. Yeah, yeah. The Giants always have to be brought into it for some reason yeah. because everybody knows they are. Yeah. So they have to keep mentioning it so that, it like, you know, maybe someone will be like, you know what? They are better than the Giants this year. Yeah. yeah. F off. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What, anything else is interesting. I, I don't really think there was too much going on in free agency this week that I was reading. Mm-mm. Not, not whatever. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good night. Um, <laughs> please follow Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can follow us, BBU Podboys, the Z on Twitter. Download the DraftKings app. Use promo code TPPN when you sign up. And please don't forget to check out NevinEyewear.com. Use promo code BigBlue for 50% off a pair of sunglasses. And thanks for listening. Good night. Good night.